Welcome to the Summer Camp Programming Podcast. I'm Kurt. And I'm Chris. And today we are thrilled to have Matt Henry on, who is doing some really cool things at his camp during this time uh, for families and groups, or what he likes to call pods. So, Matt, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. Well, sure. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Kurt. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to be here. It's good fun. <laughs> I like catching up with your podcast once in a while when I'm mowing the grass and so forth. So <laughs> Nice. Uh, it's, uh, it's good to be here. You know, one of the first things that happens when I, when I start speaking to people is they start wondering where I'm from, because I obviously have... Uh, not a North American accent, and yet I've been here long enough that it's a little, it's a little tweaked, it's a little softened or, or twisted <laughs> or something. But anyway, I am uh, I am from Australia. Like a lot of camps, get uh, you know get your J1 folks in, and I did that back in the 90s. Uh, ended up meeting an American girl at camp who I've been married to now for nearly 22 years. A couple of daughters, and we have the opportunity to be the directors at uh, Skyline Camp and Retreat Center, just north of Detroit. Which is the place we met. So that's uh, you know a bit of a bit of a fairy tale or a cheese ball story, depending on your uh, <laughs> depending on your appetite, I suppose. Yeah, we've been doing some like like everyone. We're trying to make up some new things during during the pandemic. See what we can do to keep some revenue trickling in, but also keeping that sense of mission and sense of purpose, both institutionally and personally, front and center. It's been fun coming up with stuff. It's been fun delivering different things, and probably like a lot of camps, we're also most of you know most of the summer is sort of behind our shoulder now and we're looking to the fall and trying to figure out what can we do in a way that's different because the world's a different place now i always joke every year at camp i love change i like things to be new and different i do not mm-hmm. like this change so. yes. <laughs> right yeah too much too much change but it has helped camps i think get a little creative and figuring things out like how do we how do we do it what's different you know how do we we adapt and right. camps are good at that for the most part. And you have some great ideas that I'm totally going to be stealing. I do believe and trying out for myself. So <laughs> yeah, feel free. It's all, it's all the website. So you can steal what you need. I was going to say one of the advantages we have though, over some camps is that really like 15 minutes out of metropolitan Detroit. So we have a lot of population around us. You know, I, uh, I'm friends with a lot of camp directors whose camps are four or five hours away from a population base and a lot of the things that we're doing would would just not be possible for them because you know they're in the boonies mm-hmm. chris do you want to just should we just start asking should we just jump into it oh totally because i there's so many things i want to know about so oh, i was gonna say matt it. when we were talking before the podcast started you said ripper that's how i knew is australian as opposed, <laughs> as opposed to anywhere else because australians are wow. always the ones that say oh this, that was ripper that was a ripper i don't I didn't even know that was in my lexicon, but <laughs> wow, I'm more, more Australian than I thought. I love it. I love it. It's like, it's better to almost be like me making fun of myself. <laughs> the oh, quintessential wow. Australian. Right. If I, if I say crikey, just hang out. Okay? <laughs> oh, that's what I need. I need to hear that. <laughs> that's not a knife. This is a knife. Yeah, okay. come on. Oh, terrible, terrible. We're an embarrassment. I love it. I love it. I love it. Chris, go ahead and uh yeah, yeah. choose one. Let's let's So well do it. and I'm on their, their campsite. Yes. So campskyline.org and then it's your yep. take two program. Uh, what's tell me the name first. Like take two and you call them a pod. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes. 
Yeah, sure. So take two was kind of like that thing in the movies, you know, where you, you, you have an intention to, to get it right the first time, but you don't. And so you get the clapper board out and all right, take two. Let's try again. Yeah, gotcha. And so it was, I suppose, a lighthearted way of saying, uh, admitting that this is clearly not our regular programming, but we're good with it. Because if you're doing a, a second take in a film, it's not a sense of failure. It's not a, a way of saying this was a total disaster and here's the, the crumbs off the table best you can have. <laughs> it was yeah. really a way of saying take, take one was fine, but take two, probably just as good, maybe even better. Let's give it, uh, let's give it a shot. So that's what we, we came up with as the, uh, I guess, organizing uh, categorical name for, for a whole bunch of different things that we would never have come up with before or never had to come up with before the idea of pods was uh, and it's an acronym uh, for people of your own designation and i know it's been used the word pod has been used and it's been talking being talked about a lot right now with schools starting and some homeschool families wanting to get together in small groups that they're calling pods but for us it was obviously pod denotes something of a of a group and we wanted to be clear that we acknowledge and recognize that not everyone considers themselves to be covered by the label family. A lot of our young adult alumni or friends of ours and so forth don't consider themselves to be in a typical family and weren't necessarily doing the quarantine thing with what might be considered a typical family. So a part of that was just a, a nod of recognition to the fact that not all humans exist in what, what other people call family. So we just wanted to be inclusive, okay. really. For us, it, it, it kind of meant the people who you already know, who you're comfortable with, maybe a family's worth or two of people. So uh, three or four people up to a dozen people, something like that. Okay. A manageable number for one staff member to, to work with. The first thing that I see on your page is that you do kind of this one day at a time camp experience for yeah. the kids. Mm -hmm. Now, is that, yeah. is that still in those pods? Yeah, it kind of is, but no parents. So, right, right. Uh, probably, if I, uh, if I could... <laughs> the best I'd... way to do camp. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, at first, at first it didn't seem, seem like I a know. great idea. But uh, maybe, I could, maybe I could just jump, jump out, of, out of order of the list here to give you a sense sure. of how they evolved. Because some of them kind of evolved out of others. Okay. okay. Uh, like, we hadn't thought of all of them until... Uh, until others were in place. So, so the very first one was actually just this thing called fresh air hikes. So in Michigan, the governor issued some pretty strict stay home, stay safe kind of orders. And people, one of the things that people were allowed to do was get fresh air and recreation, so long as they stay social distanced and so on. So we did a thing that we'd never done before, which was set up a sign up genius on our website and people could sign up for a couple of hours to come and have the 156 acres just to themselves, knowing that they weren't going to bump into anyone else and it was just them. Uh -huh. You know, and for years we've done a thing where people have called us up and said, hey, can we come hiking sometime? And we always have to give an answer, which is a little bit like, uh, well, sure, but we might have a guest group in or there might be a camp going on yeah. or mm -hmm. we might have a program happening, so you'll have to call first and check. That's a nuisance, obviously, to them and to us. But by building the uh, the scheduling software into into the equation, it really enables folks to go in and see. Oh well, this lot's available, so it must be okay. So they sign up for it, 
and then it's uh, and then it's all set. So, so that was the very first thing we did, and people people showed up in droves. Like every single slot, wow. every single two hour slot was was taken for weeks and weeks and weeks. When everyone felt like it was the zombie apocalypse, and if they laid eyes on a stranger, they would catch the disease and so <laughs> forth. And and that but was. But I like how you did. Oh. I was just going to ask if that was charged or free or. We made it a donation basis. And at first, okay. that meant we had a physical donation box just on the, uh, you know, at the camp where they'd pick up a, a copy of the map. We changed platforms for the scheduling eventually, we found a better one, and that built in a, a capacity for people to make a donation as they were booking it. For something that cost us nothing to put on, uh, except, you know, mowing the grass once in a while, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it reaped, it probably reaped a thousand bucks of donations over a couple of months, which, like every camp person knows right now, any revenue is good we'll revenue. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll take, and I we'll like take. how you even said on the site, no buildings, no bathrooms available, yeah. which helps because the, the sanitation, all that is what is a big cost factor. And yeah. so just to put that right out there, you can come free, you can come and walk, but yep. you can't, can't go in the building, which is a big help for that. So that's cool. Yeah. So that was, the, that was the first thing we did. I think the next thing we came up with were these micro camps. Uh, day micro camp and night micro camp and the idea of that was uh, just your pod and you'll select with us what your preferred activities would be so you've got a two-hour slot you'd like to try archery you'd like to do something on the low ropes course and you'd like to do some canoeing in the pond and so we would call you up after you booked it and say all right what's your order of priority for those in case one runs long and we run out of time and then you'd come out and do that and then we'd have so then we'd have families who were doing that who would say, man, it'd be really nice, really nice if you could come up with a kids-only version of this because the kids would really like to be together with their friends, mm-hmm. wink, nudge, you know, the parents saying, we'd really like to have some time away from the kids. Right. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what led to the camp, what we call the camp day, uh, as opposed to day camp. And it's a six-hour chunk where, again, a pod's worth of kids – uh, will come and same sort of thing. Have, it's just like a day of camp. They'll go. They might start off at the pond with some fishing and canoeing, and then go to archery, and then go visit the farm. Maybe do a wild edibles walk. I, uh, I was just looking at that. Pool. You do you yeah. let the kids eat what they find, like. You find stuff and eat it. Only there's only a couple of our staff members who are good at that. I'm not. I would uh, <laughs> I would kill children accidentally if uh, <laughs> if I was in charge of that. But our program director, my wife Shanna, is uh, is quite expert at what That's things cool. can be eaten at our camp. Yeah, she's she's pretty clever with it. And to me, it all tastes like, you know, grass and leaves. But <laughs> to other people, I guess it's interesting. <laughs> you can convince the kids of anything. Here, eat That's this right. piece of grass. Can you, taste, can you taste the little bit of you know, root beer or whatever? That's right. Oh, yeah, I can taste it. I, I can see it working. <laughs> stay, stay, away from, stay away from the raisinettes, though, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like the idea of having the options and they kind of, okay, you got two hours and you choose this or this. Mm-hmm. And and I could just see the kids going on the site going, oh, that looks cool. Oh, but look at this one. That looks cool, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that one obviously is a, a charged program. Like you paid a fee for that. Yes. Yeah. The micro camps and the day camps, uh, the camp days, I should say. Yeah. They both have a fee associated with those. And that's been, we tried to, one of the things that we were conscious of when we were setting the price code, it was real hard because... We're a nonprofit camp, and a part of our mission, well, the core of our mission is to make camp possible for, for kids who can't. So we do, you know, over $150,000, sorry, over 150 campers, uh, more than $50,000 of campership 
each year. And we didn't want to simply price this as high as we could. We wanted to price this mm-hmm. as low as we could uh, to cover our staff, equipment, and uh, that kind of stuff. And has it has worked? Has it been like... pretty popular? Yeah. <laughs> we both have the same question. <laughs> yeah, so diff- different ones have been popular at different times. The micro camps, the night micro camp was, was not as popular as we thought. Uh, not a whole lot really? of people like that. But yeah, it's, huh. it's just weird. It's, it's, it's some cool stuff you can do. Right. But anyway, uh, the day micro camp, hmm. we probably do... I think we do four or five of them a week and the camp day, a couple of those a week. We certainly have capacity to have done more, but it's been enough to, to pay for the employment of a couple of our folks, right? It's helped, yeah. helped us keep people employed, which is, which is terrific. The one that's been super popular is the pool rental. Uh, we release, yeah. we release yep. dates for that every couple of weeks. We, we don't want to release it for too far in advance because we want to make sure we've got spots for rain checks and so on, you know? If uh, if someone gets stormed out, but we we release a couple of couple of weeks at a time, and then they just they just get snapped up uh, like nobody's business, and that's now, you know, folk, folks will come. Sorry, go ahead. Is is that by pod too, or are you letting just people come and kind of swim at the same time? No, still by pod. So you get a so, that's a pretty good deal then. You get the whole pool kind of to your group. Whole pool to your group. So our pool is oh. it's it's bigger than a backyard pool, but it's not an Olympic pool. It's, it's a small pool as camps go, but a, a, at least double the size of your average backyard pool. Mm-hmm. So families will come. We'll, we'll probably have so, – some people will come just like a real uh, – their pod is like a nuclear family of you know, a few kids and, mm-hmm. and parents. But others – and we've priced it like this too, where you can have up to 20 people or something like that. Folks will come and do a birthday party or you know, make an afternoon of it and so on. And that's been uh, and that's been real good. And we we build in a half an hour in between the different pods where we where we clean it. And uh, I've got to say, our, our pool furniture hasn't been cleaned in a decade, and now it's been disinfected <laughs> six times a day. Two yeah. Months. Yeah. So it's, it's starting it's starting to smell a little like permanent bleach. Now this might be a hard question. You may not know this because yeah. you're having them bring their own pool toys. But I want to know. How many pool noodles have you sold? Because you're selling a brand new pool noodle they take home. <laughs> we have sold we have sold zero pool noodles. <laughs> zero. I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. I was I was curious about that. I remember having them in the uh, in the shopping cart and thinking, can we afford to spend sixty bucks on a dozen pool noodles right now? Well, we'll use them eventually. You know, they'll go into rotation for next year if, if no one wants them. Yeah, the amount of people though who who seem to have I assume people who are coming don't have a backyard pool. Yeah. But the, the, the amount of people who have an arsenal of pool toys <laughs> and yet no swimming pool is yeah. stunning to me. I mean, they'll have some, they'll be like unpacking the minivan and just like whipping out all these things. And they spend their first 20 minutes just blowing things up. You know, poor, yeah. poor dad's on the side of the pool going, going blue from, from uh, putting all these oxygen in these things. They awesome. got those big old rafts that take up most of the pool. Like you can't even <laughs> swim anymore. Right. Just right. sitting in a raft. Uh, it's uh, it's yeah, it's the uh, the pool noodle market has not uh, has not played out. <laughs> oh no, that was my great idea. I was like, I just, that's I'm gonna save my camp. I'll sell pool noodles. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and and it might be one of those things that maybe maybe pool noodles floating in in uh, in chlorinated water. Are just fine, and you know the science now seems to be saying that the surface mm-hmm. transmission is less a concern than it was when we designed this even two months ago. But we were thinking about pool noodles and how much they uh, 
how much air they hold, you know, and, yep. uh, mm-hmm. and that really, even even though they're swimming in chlorine that whole time, are they ever really clean? I don't know. <laughs> Our campers uh, always blow water through. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. Their mouths so that all would over be them. bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're great weapons. <laughs> what about this uh, adaptation program? Yeah. So adaptation was uh, we did that last week. And it was a, a one-week actual camp, a traditional kind of program. Well, not really traditional, but a, a regular kind of camp in some ways. This was to replace uh, – we had a hiking trip planned for one of the islands off, off the coast of Michigan in, in Lake Michigan, uh, North Manitou Island. And it wasn't permitted to proceed for the peculiar reason that had nothing to do with the pandemic. They had a some kind of land dispute between the National Park Service and the dock owners – or something, and so there's no no boats and no rangers uh, to the island this year, and a lot we so we took those kids who had signed up for that, and then we recruited a few more and said, look, we can't we can't take you hiking for all of the reasons, but what about if we invented a new program here at camp and you backpacked at camp, and we will go camp out in a different spot every night, so everyone had their own tent or tent yeah. hammock, so got you know they got the isol- isolation from that. Uh, the way we do our trips is trips are sort of a, a graduate into kind of program for us. Right. Uh, we don't take kids on trips who we don't know. Uh, they have to have been a camper or a really close friend of one of the staff or something, or slip us a fifty, whatever it takes. <laughs> right. But uh, but we don't take we don't take kids anonymously or newly on, on trips. So these yeah. are all kids who have been to camp a bunch of times, and we had them camping not just in places that they'd never slept before, but in places on our camp that they'd never even seen before. We had this ridiculous, uh, and by ridiculous, I mean I was in the Sasquatch suit, uh, Sasquatch <laughs> theme, nice. uh, where they uh, they had to do all these challenges and puzzles in the uh, throughout the week, and uh, the, the overarching theme was this communication with uh, with the Sasquatch who... Uh, who wanted to tell them that they were that they were great kids, and uh, <laughs> I was a little worried because it was sort of older kids, including right, right. including my including my daughters, and I thought <laughs> there was a there was a big chance that they're going to be like, Dad, this is so dumb, right? <laughs> but they they kind of played along and they went with it, and it's nice. all credit really just to the circumstance because these are just kids who were just hungry to see each other and hang out, and they did the you know they did the mask thing whenever they were close to each other, so you'd, you'd go out and visit them and they'd be cooking their meals with a jet boil and they'd all be wearing their masks. Like I said earlier, they, uh, they slept in individual tents or tent hammocks, yeah. uh, kept their distances and yeah, they handled it just like troops. They were, they were fantastic. That's cool. Do you guys have the tents or do they have to bring their own? No, we have, we had just enough between the tents and the hammocks just to get by. Cool. Let's jump into food. Yeah. Yes. Let's jump into yeah. food. The dinner adventure. I, yeah. I just want to do this when my camp starts back up. I think this sounds cool for normal camp. Tell, well, me, tell know, me about and that's And that's that's a good description of how we feel about a lot of these things, Chris. It's yeah. like, hey, we don't need we don't need to let go of this. This is yeah. something we can we can do in all kinds of contexts. So, so the dinner adventure, uh, the idea was if you've ever been a part of perhaps a like a lot of faith communities will do something like a progressive dinner yeah <laughs> uh, but instead of driving from house to house you come to camp and you just sort of wander from spot to spot at camp and at different places along the way the idea is you this will be a campfire so we'll sing a couple of songs if you want it to be real adventurous we could build in enough time for everyone to do some archery in between dinner and dessert or something like that so 
it has been the food well- cooked at each location or was it already like somebody prepared it and brought it there so prepared and and brought ready for serving okay. yeah and then an adaptation of that is something that's actually happening tonight at the camp is wandering around to different stations but not having food at different stations but simply having like a picnic lunch kind of thing yeah and uh and that one emerged that variation emerged from a group of local a group of local women who started a facebook group during the pandemic they call it sort of like local wine drinkers but uh but they're not exactly connoisseurs they just like to drink right. and uh, <laughs> and so they they approached us and said can we do a thing where where we we call it sip and stroll and we go from place to place at camp and wander around and they had some vendors from local distilleries and wineries oh. and stuff who sold a bunch of stuff to these people and uh so they wandered for a couple of hours from place to place at camp and then the final stretch was a hayride because walking was oh, a little awesome. compromised <laughs> at that point and uh and that was that was pretty funny and that was a good time and then tonight a uh, there's going to be a local high school's theater department is doing their traditional end of year banquet with us so they're going to roam around, do some activities, then do a presentation, but all outdoors. So thank goodness it's a nice day yeah. and, uh, and a nice picnic uh, box lunch kind of thing. So any any idea that someone has half a motivation for, we're like, sure, we can do that. We'll, we'll yeah. yeah, yeah, we do that all the time. Why not? That out. <laughs> so the dinner, I mean, it's only 20 bucks for two and a half hours doing yeah. activities it- and food. I mean, that is... I'm, it is I'm a six-course meal. What is? What are the courses for twenty dollars? Because this is a good. I'm right, right head up there. Well, some of the courses aren't. You know, I mean, when you get six courses, uh, some of them have to be courses that are split into two or three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can have your meat and your potatoes, but you're having them separately. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so some of it's less of a standard six-course meal and more like a six courses of interesting snacks. That's cool. But nice. but home homemade snacks, interesting things, not. Uh, you're not going to get like uh, Twizzlers here and a bag of Fritos there. Or anything like that. Course one, Again, pick up your silverware. That's yeah. right. Course two is your napkin. That's right. That's right. Yeah. If it was uh, if it was my design, it would be that bad. But we have a we have an excellent cook named Sarah who is not only adventurous but excellent. So uh, we're, we're really fortunate with that. And she's been the one responsible for the camp kitchen as well. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. So, so that, that was camp kitchen. It's it's frozen meals that that can be picked up and yeah so we started that uh it's actually an idea that we had pre-pandemic just thinking about a a meal service not quite you know we wanted to price it so it wasn't as expensive as getting takeout for your family at a restaurant yet it wasn't blue apron it wasn't we're going to give you a bunch of ingredients and you cook it it was it was thinking of families who get home uh yeah parents get home from from their jobs and uh too tired to cook oh let's throw something simple in the in the freezer. Mm-hmm. So the pandemic started and all our, all our restaurants probably like everywhere got, uh, got shut down there for a little while. I know we were getting sick of our own cooking, uh, in my family. And we thought this would, this would be a nice thing. And so this and the fresh air hikes early on were like huge hits. Like people just swarmed them and it was terrific. Uh, and then as summer has gone on and restaurants have reopened and public parks have reopened and so forth, both of those are now diminished. But, uh, but we think once we get back into the fall and towards winter again, we imagine that the camp kitchen will pick back up because the nature of the meals also is, is more cool weather stuff. 
you're not yeah. gonna you're not really inspired to throw a lasagna in the oven on a hot summer you know right. afternoon and and also because school's been out people have been less uh stressed for time and uh, and transportation and and whatnot there's there's less running from soccer to tennis to ballet to to your church meetings and and so on and so these are individually like you choose what you want and they're individually priced so you kind of yeah it's it's not like here is a packaged dinner you take what you get but they have some choice in what they want uh yeah so so we'll cook up of a bunch of, uh, of the different things whether it's pulled pork. Uh, soups or yeah right. you pulled pork and uh and sarah makes great loaves of bread just uh, oh, wow. uh fresh bread which is terrific and yeah you order order a couple of these and a couple of those she does some cookies so that uh you know you don't have to be completely responsible in your choices <laughs> and then we have three pickup days in three different pick up locations so one right at the camp if folks want to drive to the camp one we go into town which is just about four miles from us and the other one we actually bring about 40 miles south not 40 miles but 20 miles south uh to our business office uh which is in suburbia in detroit here uh we have a lot of folks down here who are supporters of the camp and uh so i i park in the back of a church parking lot and hand out frozen meals like a dealer (laughs) (laughs) that's perfect um, I see you're doing some lodge rental too oh. now. Is that similar, like hotel stays? Is that kind of what you're thinking with camp activities? Or, well, what we did was we separated it out from activities because we had the activities built in already with the micro camps and the and the pool rental. For example, this morning uh, we had some folks leave who had been here last for the last week. Who was it was two couples whose kids are married, so the sort of the in laws uh, oh, mm-hmm. had gotten together and they wanted to come and hang out. Uh, with their adult children here in Michigan, so they just paid for the just for the lodge rental. Bring all your own food. It's a it's got a full kitchen uh-huh. and so forth. Then, if they wanted to rent the pool or they wanted to use us for some camp activities, then they would book that in a la carte. Yeah, uh, and uh, and that's that's been good fun too. So we've uh, we've mostly had that full since I don't know since school got out really. Wow, more or less it's uh-huh. been full and. And I think it's booked out for the next couple of weeks. And then it's over here in Michigan, it's the return to school is real shifty. Some yeah. some schools are kicking it back, saying, yeah. oh, we're not going to do anything until October. Whereas others are saying, we'll bring it forward to book in as much face-to-face time as we can before we uh-huh. feel like we're going to ne- inevitably be shut yeah. down again. Uh, so I think we're about halfway maybe halfway through August, we've got bookings for that. And that's using a, a lodge that normally houses 40 people to house eight or nine people. Right. I was right. sitting here looking at this, like this would be cool for a couple families to get together yep. and then send the kids off to do the micro camps and the parents can stay and enjoy the lot, you know? Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And that's been, and that's been one of the models that, uh, that we've done and, and it's, and it's been good. And the, the lodge happens to be, it's where our staff lives during the summer. So we normally encounter it as, this haven of young adult stench and mess. Uh, <laughs> but when you put, when you put just two families in it, it's really a, it's a comfortable space and you can social distance while you eat uh-huh. because it's got this wide open room that you can dine in. And the kitchen's actually quite large as well. Fireplace so is gorgeous. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful surround fireplace and things. Yeah. It looks like the last thing is the campfires. Yeah, and we've had very few of those. So we've got two two sort of campfires. We've done a virtual campfire like a lot of folks have done. Mm-hmm. And we've done that every Thursday since 
March something or other. Like a lot of camps, we just did that because people were immediately hungry for community and scared back in, in, in March mm-hmm. and April. And so we sing a bunch of songs. We have some people do some show and tell. This week we have a family, uh, a camper family, who's going to show us their beehives. I guess they keep bees. Okay. Oh. Uh, we got to show our goats as they were, as they were not literally. Well, no, I think what there might have been some actual goat birth during one of the campfires, <laughs> the virtual campfires. Yeah, I think there was. Yeah, there was. There was. I'm remembering now. So I think I think someone held the camera judiciously, so it wasn't yeah, uh, yeah. It wasn't too graphic because it's it's a bit of a mess. Yeah, like old like old ma- like mammalian birth. It's it, it pretty. Uh, it's beautiful, but not pretty. Uh, right, right. And uh, so we'll sing a bunch of songs, uh, tell a bunch of jokes, uh, just catch people up on what's happening at the camp and so on. And you do that for free. And, uh, yeah, and that's yeah. just for free and just to keep people connected. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Uh, it's been really nice. And we're going to do that for a couple more weeks, and then we're going to kick it over uh, on a weekly basis, I should say. And then we're going to kick it over to this thing that we do throughout the year anyway, which is a community sing. Uh, we've done a, a monthly potluck and sing-along for a few years, and we're going to add a virtual component to that. So mm-hmm. we'll stick Zoom on or Skype or whatever so that folks can – Sing along from home. Are you putting everybody and, on mute and then singing? Yeah, yeah. mute is your friend for <laughs> right. virtual campfire. We, like a lot of people, we, we sort of we ran into the uh, ran into the into the void. It's like, oh, this will be fun. It's like this is awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, do we, how do we fix this? So we uh, we figured that out the hard way and very quickly. That's funny, but your your in person campfire hasn't been not not too many people taking that up. Yeah, a few people have done it in conjunction with renting the pool. They'll oh, rent gotcha. the pool and they'll, and they'll sort of rent the campfire space and do one then the other, uh, more or less just a, a place to hang out and have dinner and, and so on. But I, I think coming up this week might be the only person who's booked a, booked a campfire just for itself. It doesn't, it doesn't really surprise me. Back in March when we were dreaming this stuff up, it seemed like a great haven, a great escape from – you know, everyone feeling really cloistered and so forth. But as we've stretched out into summer and there are public parks and, and things available, I think something like this is less needed. But it's also, it's zero effort on our part. You know, we make sure that there's some wood at the fire. Yeah. And we, have a, we have a s'mores option. Yeah, I would to, totally uh, do that. I would, I would totally yeah. come up just, just for that. I love campfires. I oh. just noticed you had this half-day... Like half day retreats, those micro retreats. It looks like. Oh yeah, that's that's super new. I haven't even seen that on the website yet. Look at that. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's kind of it's it's on the campfires page, so it's kind of hidden. But there's like half day tea harvesting, tasting, and drying uh-huh. plus lunch. Yeah. There's a half day wool processing and knitting plus lunch. Yeah. There's a half day yoga and mindfulness. Yeah, yeah. Where, where'd all these come from? Oh, who knows? <laughs> um, no, these are. These actually, literally, they might have gone up this morning on the website. <laughs> These are taking the place in, in some way of we, we traditionally do a women's retreat or two women's retreats mm-hmm. in the in the fall around the uh, first half of November, and these are some of the few programs that we own through the year. We do a lot of retreats for for groups, yeah. existing groups, but this is our retreat, and our program 
committee decided a few weeks ago that that's probably not going to be something that a lot of people are going to feel comfortable doing. Mm -hmm. And so this is what uh, they, led by my my wife Shanna, came up with was a bunch of bunch of half day retreats, which are now open to women and men, which is which is fine too. So yeah, so I, I. I'm looking at them, I'm, I'm looking at them like you are right now, thinking that sounds really cool. Let's see. Tea harvesting wool process like that's awesome. Huh? I think that's just neat, and different. You don't. Yeah. I, I haven't seen any other camps do that. That's really cool. It's nice to see that there are camps who are actively looking for options and alternatives, and it's working out. You know, people are taking advantage, or yeah. uh, of doing these things, and and they're paying for it. And I think yeah, that's kind of the fear that yeah. nobody has money right now kind of thing. but Right, and that's why we tried to, to price everything as reasonably as we could. Uh, sure. Just really to, to cover our staff and, and equipment costs because we're conscious that the economy is tough and it's going to be tough going forward. Yeah, yeah. So this is by no means going to keep us afloat forever. This is yeah. There's no temptation on our part to shift from summer camp to this in terms of a, an organization's it's not nearly as lucrative as as camp. I mean, camp's not lucrative. We're a nonprofit that, that yeah. almost never almost never is in the black. But but <laughs> this year this year is going to be particularly tough, even with these cool programs going on. But it's like you say, something you're getting something. You're bringing in something. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And a lot of it, honestly, a lot of it has its advantage. I think in relationship building more than in income. Sure. For for those who already know us, it's a way for them to come in a way that they feel safe. We get to see them and welcome them and check how they're doing and, and so forth. And we know that that's another investment of their heart and energy mm-hmm. in, in our in our camp. So they get to, to be more connected to us. Exactly. But surprisingly, with the with the pool and the uh, the fresh air walks, the, just the, the walk around things, mm-hmm. those were overwhelmingly people we'd never met. Time and time again, people would show up and uh, I wouldn't recognize them. And I'd say, oh, how did you how did you learn about Skyline? How did you learn about this opportunity? And mostly it was word of mouth. Few, yeah. A few was Facebook and whatnot, but mostly it was, oh, my neighbor said this, my uh, mm-hmm. my cousin did this last week, and so we kind of lost track of how it how it rippled through the community that we were able to do it. But again, we do have the advantage that we are not that far from population. Yeah, you know, my heart goes out to a lot of the yeah. camps in northern Michigan. Where if their entire town came out to, to hang out at camp, they would have run through them in a week and a half, you know. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so we have we have that going for us. All of us, I think, are you know, just trying to do what we can with the resources that we have. Yeah. And this is this is the sort of stuff we've come up with. Nice, I love it. You have tons of great ideas, and I am totally stealing a few of these. So, and you were saying your camps are getting. This isn't going to be the big money this isn't where the answer is but it's something and it is attracting some new people to your camp that may not have heard about it that hopefully next year will be able to send their kids to camp you know right. when this is a- yeah. yeah and yeah. that's and that's that's the very conversation that we had with a lot of families who'd never been here who came hiking in the early days and they'd say we'd we've we've never heard of you we've never seen this we're yeah. definitely looking forward to sending our kids to camp when they're allowed Nice. And uh, and yeah. we and of course the the sign up system being online we've captured all their emails, etc. Mm-hmm. So we should be able to reach out to them pretty easily. So that that's the, the silver lining, I guess. There's some some new connections, new relationships, but also like you were saying, Chris, some of these are ideas that we can deploy. Yeah. Even if even if 
you know, click of snap of the fingers, we, we went back to normal tomorrow, uh, we would keep the fresh air hikes thing going on. We'd keep the, the dinner adventure as a thing that we do. Yeah. We'll probably keep the pool rental available on in those gaps on the weekend in between camps because mm-hmm. in a normal summer that would be if if we've got this easy ease of scheduling that would be a quick five or six hundred bucks we could make yeah uh, rather than just letting the pool sit there for a day well it's also i, I think cool. instead of saying oh you know two dollars per kid and you have a, just a bunch of people that come in I yeah. really like I, the idea of the pod of people, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you get to rent the whole thing out yourself. Yep. And uh, yeah, and that's really cool. And I wish a camp around me did things like this and I'd probably take advantage of it. It wasn't the first idea we deployed because obviously it was March. The pool wasn't even open, but it was, it was the first idea that occurred to us. We had this collective, our staff, we have a team, Chan have mentioned Sarah and then we've got Sean and Aaron and Liz and, we kind of sat around and had this immediate sense of, yeah, camp's done. Like there's there's no way that what we're used to is going to be a thing. Right. And so immediately we started popping off ideas. And, and one of them with the pool was, well, will we, will we be allowed to use the pool? And uh, so I was I was digging deep in the weeds of the law about public pools in, in Michigan uh, to see uh. if we'd be able to use it or define it differently. Because if, it's, if we're not running under a camp license – is it really a public pool and, and yeah. getting really lost in the weeds there? But it turned out we were allowed to use it. So it wasn't a big deal. Right. Let's go, Kurt, drive on up here. We'll head up and go do the, uh, tea, tea leaf. And <laughs> the wool and... Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Anytime. Yeah. I'd love to have you. you rent the Sip lodge. and walk. We'll do that. Yeah, <laughs> Sip and stroll. Yeah, do, do it yourself. Sip and stroll. <laughs> you, you, you so you, beekeeping. Do you normally have a hay rights for camp? We do, yeah. That's we got cool. a, a hayride. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a nice way to get around camp. Totally. Uh, I love that. And yeah. uh, I think we're gonna need the hayride for us just the whole time because oh, I'm sure. lazy. Sure. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, hayride, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> like his Uber. Yeah, right. I'm just gonna call the hayride over. Um, awesome, awesome. Well, thanks again, Matt. You you guys are doing nice. some awesome things there, and uh, thanks for sharing it with us. Well, you're welcome. It's uh, it's it's fun to, to share about it. And like I was saying, maybe before we started recording, so I'll say it while we are recording. I think you guys and, uh, you know, all the people in the camp industry who highlight what different camps are doing and lift each other up, I think is always important. And it's probably especially important at a time like, like now because we, we get reminded that we're not in this alone as peculiar as this stuff is. And, uh, and we get to get ideas from each other. So kudos to you guys for, for keeping on up with this thing. I appreciate Thank that. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Matt, uh, yes. do, you have, do you have any uh, ways if people want to contact you, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Oh, sure. Uh, email is really good. So it's just matt at campskyline.org. Uh, they can uh, reach out through the phone numbers that are all over our website. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Well, from around the campfire, this has been Kurt and Chris. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.